How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Free Kicks, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. I'm Mel, and today I'm joined by Liam and Will. How's it going, guys? And specifically, Liam. Oh, thank you, specifically, Mel. Yeah, it's actually going pretty well. I started off my weekend watching Ebony Marinoff do little piggy things, and then it ended with going to Windy Hill to watch an actual AFL slash AFLW game for the first time that it's been there in 30 plus years. So that was a really cool moment. Ooh. And as much as it is as an old ground, it has not been refurbished and the seats are as painful as you can imagine. It was really, really cool to kind of go back to kind of where I grew up and went to training as a youngster and actually watch some, some professional women's footy. Oh, that's very exciting. And that was the Essendon and St Kilda game? Yep, nice. And what about you, Will? Yeah, it was a good weekend as well. Lots of uh, good footy moments. Uh, I also I went to the game to see Ebony Marinoff do Ebony Marinoff things, and it was bloody cold, I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, and then went to the Collingwood Frio game, which was quite an enjoyable one. It was a, a good good game to watch. We'll uh, talk a bit about some of the, the fun that we had at that game later. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, another great weekend of footy. And by uh, watching Noffy doing Noffy things, do you mean kicking it to herself? I mean, that's not usually on her, <laughs> you know, what she does, but apparently it is now. So, um, yeah. Ebony Marinoff has never looked at a kick that she couldn't take, so she just decided if Danielle Ponter can kick it 78 metres from the mm. square, she can kick it to herself. That, that mm. It's not beyond the rules. It's not beyond the realms of physics. Yep. Why not? She's probably just disappointed it doesn't count as an extra mark, uh, as I think huh. most of the coaches are, actually, because that's, that's another yeah. three points we could have got. So, Oh, yeah, that was a wild opening game. Like, <laughs> there was just so many things. It was like, what are we watching right now? Yeah, I mean, I was at the uh, Collingwood Frio game with you, Will, and not only, well, that was a disappointing game for me because Frio were not at their best, especially in the first quarter. We were getting well and truly flogged, but... If I stuck it out until after the game, we got to meet Bowers and my God, she's she's a cool human being. That was an absolute highlight of my time in AFLW, being around AFLW. But also like if anyone has seen our Instagram or our Twitter, I got a very exciting opportunity this weekend to talk on the ABC about AFLW. So I got to say it's a really tough call. Is Bowers or ABC my highlight of the weekend? I'm just going to put both. Outrageous that your highlight wasn't directly following on from a discussion about how to prepare your chickens for spring. <laughs> I was I was literally about to say, and what was the segment beforehand, Mel? Just for, for getting those. your chooks ready for spring. <laughs> Make sure you put the medicine in the dust bath so that they get lightly dusted in it so that it improves things. So to oh. everyone listening, we're actually now a chicken caring podcast, so I hope you're prepared for the next forty five minutes talking about chickens. <laughs> oh, that was that was great. Um so on the topic of laying an egg, my <laughs> fantasy side. I reckon there's a few of those. Oh, there's only one big fat egg, and that's Annalise Lister. Oof. But we'll get we'll get to that in a second. So I scored a fifteen nineteen, which has me now at rank three hundred and fifty eight, which means I only dropped seventeen spots. Mm, impressive. And yet the big fat egg that I had in my team was the zero that I got from Annalise Lister after I traded her in. And then she proceeded to injure her calf in the warm-up, therefore leaving me no time to trade her out because they literally announced it at five minutes past. So when the game closed, I could not make any trades. So instead of being able to do something, say trade in a defender that I'd liked in the past, like, I don't know, Sarah Lampard, who scored 110, uh, I got some. I got Mia Bush's 20-something, mm. 27. It was good. Good areas. 
Yeah, and I gotta say, I was actually shattered for this because I was following Liam's score going, oh man, he's tearing it up this week. Like, he could be like right up there as a top score. And then when that happened, it was just like, that's uh, that's a bit of a downer. <laughs> and then, as I'm sure we're going to discuss, I was already down at this point. I left the Bombers win, brought down Kate Hoare, suddenly oh. decided to go Super Saiyan. That is the most ridiculous quarter of football. And you know the thing that kills me the most? You didn't have her? It would have probably, it would have, <laughs> no, it would have been the fact that Annalise Lister would have been the matchup once she started to get hot. She kicked those first two goals and then moved into the midfield. Lister is the prime candidate, like tagger, former defender, midfielder, the person to go and stop her. And she's not there. It was pain. It was just pain. So much pain. Yeah, I think I'm going to jump in next because even though my score wasn't fantastic, Kate Hang Hall... On. Liam never said his score. Did he not? Yeah, yeah I oh. did. 15-19. Okay, carry on. Will, sorry. My score was 14-12, which was fairly average, but my score was single-handedly saved by Kate Hall because I went from expecting a score under 1,300 to somehow breaking 1,400 thanks to Kate Hall's 142. That has actually caused me to move up in rank. Uh, I've gone up to rank 2,502, which is movement of 455 up, which I was not expecting because I joked to uh, both Mel and Liam as the round was going early on saying, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully scoring maybe 800 this <laughs> week. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy all things considered. But Mel, we talked about you last week showing everyone how you can overcome a poor start to push yourself back into contention. And by golly, did you do it this week? Yeah, I uh, had a good week. I mean, I had a good week regardless. <clears throat> but then fantasy has just absolutely smashed it. I got 15.78, which I'm very happy about. And this is the stat that I'm never going to forget. I rose 8,000 spots <laughs> to... You've overtaken me as <laughs> to well. ...to finish inside the top 2,000. So um, that was a good, good little jump there. And reason why, I mean, the first one being I fixed up my wacky last minute round one calls. So I got rid of my two nonsense uh, defenders. How many Ange Foley's did you have this week? <laughs> two, one? <laughs> I had two 19 Ange Foley's, uh, so that was good. But um, no, the rest of my team has actually been pretty solid. And once I got rid of those wacky defenders and actually put a captain on someone that I meant to put a captain on, amazing how suddenly I'm doing okay. I did have a very funny moment when Liam was asking me about my trades on, I think, Saturday night, and I realised I'd actually only made two. So <laughs> I was, made a, uh, a quick last-minute third trade, which I could have done, that, done without, to be honest, because that was Miller out to Batesy. So I traded out 108 to get in a 96. And now Batesy might be a... You made the cash, though. Pardon? You I did cash. make cash. You would have made and cash. And now Batesy went down a little bit of money, and then I'm probably going to trade her out again. So why did I do that? Not really sure. But... Either way, good week. Good week for me. Um, I'm now kind of back into the conversation of people that know something about fantasy, which feels nice. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd just like to say the uh, the Miller call also hurt me because I traded Miller to Bree Davey, mm. who I still expect to be a better player across the season, but that was a, a 98 for 108. And I paid up to get Davey, so that one was kind of like, well, great, fantastic. Speaking of juicy trades that you did last week and how well they went for you, Will. Do you want to give us your Paige Scott flop of the week? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're doing this a bit backwards. We're starting with the Paige Scott rather than the Kiara Bowers because my flop of the week was uh, Dana Hooker, 57, 
I still think she'll average pretty highly for a defender, not quite in top band, but I traded out Chloe Malloy for it because I was looking to get some money. And Chloe Malloy scored a nice 100 against Geelong, and I was sitting there feeling pretty flat about it. And then Kate, the Kate Hoare incident happened. It was, it was an incident. And I sat there thinking, you know what? I was choosing between who to trade out, Chloe Malloy or Kate Hoare, to bring in Dana oh. Hooker. And I'm somehow happy that I only got 57 because I didn't miss out on the 142. Mm. So all things considered could have been a lot worse, but yeah, still not ideal. Mm. What about you, Liam? Uh, My Paige Scott for flop of the week is going to go to Erin Phillips outside of Annalise Lister. I was about to say, it's Annalise Lister's calf specifically. (laughs) Yeah, And, and the calf just in that four minutes before... Uh, the game was meant to start. Phillips gets my Paige Scott this week, if only because even though she kind of did well enough on a market shit percentage, she only scored 55. And I had also been tossing up bringing in Nicola Barr, Lucy Single as other options, and both would have ended up being better trades. As much as I think Phillips has some good matchups kind of coming home, to kind of have that 55 and then for a lot of other people's person in that spot to be Kate Hoare, to be down 90 points from what I don't think was an outrageous trade is painful. I actually thought that you brought in single and I was getting really excited for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I realised it's the other six-letter name and it was Lister and not single. Mm, yep, thank you. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I give my page Scott to myself once again. This is just because I didn't really have any massive flops this week, but the real flop was that my bench did very well yet again. I had um, Dana Hooker on field with a 57, but Goldsworthy on the bench with an 81. And then I had Nan Scorn on field, which I actually think a lot of people might have done this combo. Mm, I had Nan Scorn on field with a 49 and T Smith on my bench with a 77. This was basically the story of you last year, wasn't it, Mel, having a really good bench? Yeah, I could have taken out the award for the best bench every week. I think what you said is correct. Like, both Goldsworthy and T. Smith scored in the 20s last week. It would have been a very common move to stick them on the bench. So, yeah. and I mean, I don't think you can really blame yourself for that one, as unfortunate as it is. I don't. I, I reckon both of them made sense as trades, but now that I'm thinking about it, um, I think it was the tackle share that really helped T. Smith last week. Yeah, she got 10 tackles this week, which that's that's where she scores. Yeah. And Georgia Nanscorn had about three tackles taken away from her for outrageous free kicks against, and I think she might have given away four free kicks, many of which were very soft. So Yeah, I was pretty sure Georgia Nanscorn was on 58 at one point. And she yep. finished on 49. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at it, like, these were hard to predict things, but still, that's a little bit annoying. I feel like, Will, we've <laughs> you've mentioned your Kiara Bowers plus four for the week a couple of times. Would you like to tell us again who it is, just for funsies? Yeah, look, it's Kate Hall, <laughs> as I said. She saved my round. It was an incredible game. I can't remember exactly how many points it was. Liam, how many points was that first quarter? 84. 84 points. Kate Hawes is a bit of a cheapie because it's such an obvious one. So I'm actually going to give my plus four to Ali Morfitt. Hmm. And the reason for that is she was the other player I traded in. And she scored an 86, which made me feel a bit better about Dana Hooker's 57. So Ali Morfitt looking like a, a superstar in the ruck 
I uh, hope it continues. Otherwise, I'm just going to trade her in for the money. But for now, I'm going to keep riding that train until it doesn't make me any money anymore or points. Makes sense. And what about you, Liam? I am going. I think it's outrageous that because of Kate Hall, we're not going to oh. discuss some other elite performances. I love this one. This is this is. Dumb. Ash Riddell oh. was just immaculate. Pity I only got to enjoy it for about two minutes before I was sad again. <laughs> because what she did is she came into the year priced below ninety, and she is currently the fourth highest averaging player in the comp. Huge. She is back up to those high points per minute style of game. She doesn't even need to be on the ground for very long. She has a 70%, 77% time on ground. And Jazz Garner, who was the leading scorer of the round, was the same. Riddell, what Riddell manages to do, get tackles. I think she's in the top 10 currently in the comp for marks, which is something that she definitely also missed out on last year. Carlton didn't you know, allow this big a score when they played the Gold Coast, but it's very much clear now that if you're on an elite side and you're an elite midfielder, Carlton is going to be a side you can bully for extra points. And i just got to say, like, we've talked about Ashradell a lot this show. She was one of our interviewees. We will absolutely love her here. Liam and Liam in particular, but both, all of us have basically said she's a superstar. Her points per minute is fantastic. She's still less than 6% owned. Which Crazy. Is, wild to me because i know i don't have her because i would have her if i had actually had any money to get her Mm. but she's just such a good player we know she's averaged close to that 100 before and i'm just so jealous of you liam for doing what i did last year which is picking her i'd like to add i've also had her since round one but that's okay and you know what both of you are wonderful for doing (laughs) that and that is entirely my fault and i'm gonna i'm gonna leave now see you later Speaking of yep. someone I didn't have from round one, I did one of the kind of unpopular moves maybe last round, which is bringing in Cordner. We were saying like, are the rookies even worth bringing in? They made a lot of money, whatever. I brought in Cordner anyway because I accepted my mistake and I was happy to pay for it because I picked some crazy defenders in round one. But I'm very, very glad I did. And she gets my plus four this week. I mean, I know what you said, Liam, is correct. We're getting distracted by whore. Not talking about some other amazing players, but... Cordner, second game back, she got a 94. That is a huge score for someone that is, even now with a crazy price, still priced below 700. The question around, um, was she too expensive to bring in last round? Yeah, you could have argued either way. She's now made a lot of money as well. Um, I'm not sure if that makes her too expensive, but to anyone else that brought her in last round and just copped the loss on that, good call. I don't know if she's trading anymore because we're probably going to hear more and more about the fact that Peterson is coming back and I think that will have an impact. But for the time being, like, enjoy the cash and, as it turns out, enjoy the points from the number one averaging defender. Mm, there you go. Will has unfortunately just had to duck away for a second. So, Liam, would you like to do his watch and wait scoreboard instead? Yes, well, I am happy to do the watch and wait scoreboard. So, leading again for the second week mm. in a row, it's Amon and Judd's pressure points. Importantly, manages to nail a captain pick by going with the C on a 155 from Ghana. That'll do it. Eschewing what would have been a perfectly adequate C with uh, VC with Ebony Marinoff, which is what I did. I just whacked the C straight on her. So credit to him for what is a great score. Now, 
In terms of the top 100, we've currently got uh, Trout Farmers, who scored a, nice. just a, a tiny, a measly 16-15, and currently has a total of 2,963 points. If you wanted to stay in the top 100 last week, you needed to score 15-34. So, Mel, you've gained some points on the top 100 Ooh. this week. And I've just dropped a few. Now, in our AFLW, or in the free kick league that we've got on there, and I'll reshare the link again if you want to join. Funnily enough, if Judd's pressure <laughs> points was first last week, he's first this week again. Uh, but importantly, we have seen our share of the top 100 go up from 16 to 20. So one Beautiful. in five people in the top 100 are part of the league. So I like to think that we're having some impact up in the kind of loftier, oxygen-free areas of the leaderboard. Very exciting. Yep. Welcome back, no, Will. No, none of us, but everyone else. Good job, everyone. Oh, gosh. Well, let's jump into the hot topics then. So the first one we've got here, <laughs> do we need to get back into Bowersness? I love this question um, because any moment I'm talking about Bowers is a happy moment for me. But I'm going to start with my opinion here. And, oh, fantastic, my number one detractor, Liam, has just gotten up from his microphone so I can talk and not be rebutted. I think that we don't need to bring in Bowers. I think that we spoke about this last week, how even though she is so insanely priced, her break-even is going to be really, really high. And she scored a massive score, admittedly, not the biggest of the comp and not the biggest by miles, like we had some other really big scorers this week, but she still lost money despite a huge score. There's actually some other really good midfielder options. So you've got Riddell, who's 280 grand cheaper than Bowers. You've got Robottom, who's 220 grand cheaper. You've got Garner, who's 160 grand cheaper. Those three options in the midfield actually scored higher than Bowers last week. And then, of course, if you're going to do a bit of a line shuffle, you've got Hoare, who is 500 grand cheaper than Bowers and scored much higher than her. Will? Yeah, I think that... I think there's very little doubt that Kiara Bowers is probably still going to be a top five, if not the top midfielder, but it's that that price drop thing for me that is the interesting part because I think there's going to be possibly still money to lose. We know she does play, I think it's Hawthorne this week, and that's where she scored 180 last last year, so there's a big chance she could just go up in price again. But basically, she has to score 140 every week for the next couple of weeks to hold that price. So for me, the timing of when you try and get back Kiara Bowers is going to be crucial because I am personally going to leave it another week or two, partly because I don't have the money to do it this week, but I think that I'm just careful of the fact that there are a few other players that you mentioned that can probably score comparably, maybe not quite as consistently high. I think you can probably work some other areas in your team and bring her in in a week or two when she does reach that dip, that's probably what I'm going to do, but I'm also in a position where I have to take a few risks. So mm. I'm going to throw this to the person who's actually in a position close to the top in Liam and get his opinion on it. you got to have her. So you break your team to get her in? No, my team is not broken. I don't have to break yeah, my team to I do mean it. the common person. <laughs> yeah, I still, think, I still think that 184 points is enough that you would bring an extra rookie on field because... Listen to this stat line. 23 kicks, 11 hand passes, 2 marks, 22 tackles, 
97% time on ground. I personally love the two marks in there. That's my favorite <laughs> part. Like, oh, it's very important. Just in case. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, it wasn't like it was atrocious weather in that game either. No, like it, it was some no. sideways winding slop fest. It was just a night game. That was it. If my memory serves me correctly, we were, we were walking to another game. I think it was you and me, Mel. We were following it on mm. on the app going, what is going on over there? Because this is record-breaking. Yeah. But, like, okay, I think, sure, you, you want to bring her in, but to Will's point around timing, timing, the, the losing money, the match-ups, okay, I, I would bring her in too if, I, if it was relatively easy to do. But, Liam, what's your advice on timing? So in terms of timing, I think that, what we saw on the weekend against Collingwood was exactly what you wanted to see, which was her time on ground was still high. She was still covering the ground really well, even after a knee knock. Not like a, it didn't look like a re-aggravation. It literally looked like she knocked knees in a marking contest. And we saw it against a team that is like middling um, in terms of what she can score. Her highest score ever is 141 against them. She nearly did that. Now, it's slightly longer time on ground. I think that fits the narrative perfectly of what Kiara Bowers can do. And also in terms of the money, I don't care that a break-even's 130 because she will probably be doubling her score every single week for me, and she has the ability against this specific team to score at 180. Now, you also think about the fact that Hawthorne have played some incredibly contested games for each of the last two weeks. Batesy's had double-digit tackles. Christy Stratton had double-digit tackles on the weekend against the Western Bulldogs. That sounds like exactly the perfect game for Kiara Bowers. She did not like tackle her best on the weekend. She didn't look incredible. It's not the highest peak we've seen. But by God, it is impossible to watch this game if you don't own her, knowing that she can just put like 150 away in this extended game time with more ruck contests like it's going out of fashion. Yeah, I just want to quickly, uh, I had a, I have an actual point, but I, I saw Geordie Allen actually do the impossible in this game, which was break a Kiara Bowers tackle. Mm. It was right in shocking, front of us. actually shocking. Uh, well done, Geordie. But, I um, think Bowers got a slap in the face at the same time as that. Day. Yeah, true, from the uh, the fend-off. Um, mm. I, think that, I think this basically comes down to the difference between a coach like me and a coach like you, Liam, which is you have you are basically a week ahead of me in terms of trades. That's why you, that's why you're doing better essentially because I've had to do more fixing, and that's where in your position you're now. I need to get in the best players. Simple as that. I still have fixing to do, and that's where the difference is going to be for the listeners. If you are doing really well, Bowers should be your number one priority. If you aren't doing quite as well. You're going to have to take the risk on someone else like a Robottom or someone in the meantime to get there. Because if you're like me, I just cannot afford it. I simply cannot afford it this week. So I think that's the main difference for me is if you can do it, by golly, do it. But a lot of people aren't going to be able to do it. And that's and that, I guess, is where my thought of if she does drop a bit more money with a few like if she scores 120, she could theoretically lose another eighty thousand dollars. I, I I can't I can't break my team to get her because I basically have to trade out two premiums to do it, and that's the reality. So if you can do it, if you've got you know a bit of bit of money in the bank, a high price player that isn't quite as good, someone like a Swanson, go for it. 
But if you're like me where you're going to have to do a bit of fixing elsewhere, you're going to have to try and bank on hitting her in that dip. Yep. Short of actually already having her on your side. <laughs> but unfortunately, I did the trade round one, and that was probably a mistake. So hindsight is twenty twenty. Okay, well, that's uh, the next question around the def- top five defenders to target or to cull. This, this one's a much broader yeah. question, really, isn't it? My first couple of notes are that I think we can all agree that we don't need to debate Evans. And yep. I'd argue that we also don't need to debate Cordner yep. for now. I'm more than happy to not mention Harriet Cordner. Yep. Then we've got a few people that could be in the top five. We've seen a very <laughs> couple of good weeks from Stanit. Why are you laughing? Oh, because Will doesn't want to talk about I just Harriet saw Liam's face because... and he had a very, very knowing laugh there because he knows exactly why I don't want to talk about Harriet Cordner. <laughs> he doesn't have her in his side. In his side. Oh. <laughs> okay, well... We Less won't talk that. about it then. <laughs> Stanit could be top five. We've seen Pound come back, but she's only had one game, so we've only mm. tested her once, really. We've got Darcy, who could be in the top five as well. So we've got three people that may be moving up there, but then we've also got a couple of people that we spoke about a lot in the preseason that are shuffling out. We've seen a couple of good but slower weeks from Carney, which I will add as someone that had her in my team all of last season. We saw that last season too. She would just hang out on the 50 line and coach people and not actually get the points herself. Then we've had a couple of slowish slowish weeks from Sheeran and Alan as well. Do we think that these three players here are still top five material or do we just accept that they're very good defenders but the fantasy points are not with them this season? It's a tough one. I think the problem is a lot. these three are basically doing the same output that they did last year. And last year, high 50s to 60 was pretty well good enough to get you in the top five and so far this year it's obviously been two rounds so it's not the best sample size but so far this round it doesn't look like that is yeah it's a tough one because i I rate them all so highly but 50s and 60s aren't doing it at the moment Mm. which is actually your kind of strategy will not intentionally (laughs) it just just is it just is (laughs) I would say that the the mark this year for top five is somewhere in the low 70s. Yep, agreed. 71, 72. Evans is a must-have. That role is immaculate. She still does score well when GWS literally touched the football Mm. because they didn't do that in the first half last week. Um, She takes every kick in. She kicks the ball a million miles. I think she currently leads the comp for metres gained. So... I think that gives you a pretty clear indication she's, of she's what Tony Evans can do. She is their go-to. In terms of kind of who is in that next level, I think in terms of that three that we all saw as like primos and maybe even the top five because it was Carney, Sheeran, Allen, Gay, Thomas. Yep. I think Gay is a trade-out yep, at absolutely. the moment because Melbourne are too dominant. We actually had a question from um, Corey Blackage from on Twitter asking about that and I was like, immediate trade-out. There's yeah. a reason we haven't mentioned she's her in potential just, top five. She's basically just sitting there going, oh, look, the ball's all the way up the other end of the ground again. Don't have to do it's, much here. Yeah, nice. And it, I think the Melbourne defender to have as a result is Sarah Lampard because she's more a winger mm. in the Geordie Allen normal mould, where she's up the ground, versus Gay who just hangs around on halfback and has nothing to do. And I also think that... I reckon you can make the case that Jordi Allen is also a trade-out yeah. until we actually hear when Lauren Butler's coming back yeah. because 
we saw the fact that Sophie Casey was playing on on your tie down twenty centimeters. It gives you an indication of the issues in the Collingwood defence, meaning that Allen actually has to play as, as more of a lockdown player, and it's not good for scoring. You say uh, until we see Lauren Butler coming back, can confirm got a photo with Lauren Butler in her moon boot still, so I don't mm. think she's coming back anytime soon. Everything out of Collingwood suggests it's a week-by-week proposition, and that, mm. to me, doesn't sound great. The other one that we still are waiting for Collingwood to get back is uh, Ruby Slicer as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, for the moment, Geordie Allen, until she gets that proper wing role back, I don't like the role of her playing on... On halfback, she's a very, very good defender, but it's just not conducive for fantasy scoring. Yeah. The other one that I want to talk about is Eilish Sheeran. Mm. Yeah. Now, I don't think she's a trade-out at all. Everyone, like If you watch that game, you know Richmond could not touch the ball, right? They just literally couldn't get their hands on it. They were beaten in scoring, in fantasy scoring, by like 300 points. Eilish Sheeran also struggled in that first half to touch the ball. And then in an effort to actually try and make a difference in that second half, Eilish Sheeran was basically put as an on-baller, come off half-back and be around the wing wherever the ball is going to be. And she managed to score 45 points-ish off the top of my head for that half. I think that against better matchups, not in you know really windy, windy, wet conditions and against a ball-dominant side, I think she still has top-five potential in a way that I don't see from... I don't even think you'd see that from Allen, to be honest. Yeah, and I think a, a simple thing between for me in terms of Sheeran and Allen, I was looking to trade one out this week. Allen is still worth more despite them averaging pretty much the same, so you get a bit of extra money. But I think one of the other things to talk about, about Sheeran is it was great to watch her in that midfield late in the game. She was also basically feeding Ebony Marinoff points because she mm. kept trying to take on tackles and... I reckon she would have given away two or three holding the balls in that midfield, which contributes to that score dropping, but it's a good sign, I guess, that they're confident in her playing through that midfield. So I think I think Sheeran should average over 60 for the rest of the season, hopefully. I, I'm not sure that the 70 mark is quite there, but I still think she'll be a good a good pick. I think we could talk about a lot of different players here, and it's really tricky, but one thing I just want to like bring back to the forefront is that we are two out of 10 weeks done and that matchups and whatnot are going to be really important for the next few weeks if you're doing well and you playing that game. And we look at Sheeran, who is a defender, and playing GWS. Do we think that that's necessarily the best matchup for that? Not too sure. I mean, I, I agree that she's not a trade-out target and that she had a down week, but when you're talking about, on one hand, top five defenders, and on the other hand, some players that are doing okay and could in a few weeks make it back. If you're also on Liam saying, do whatever you can to get Bowers, if that means trading out Sheeran to a rookie, then that's probably the one to trade out because that matchup's not looking very good. I think there is some there is reason to believe she plays more like Lampard than, than Gay and Birch. So I think she gets higher up the ground. And I think that, that from what I can see from that Richmond game plan, they want to have her higher up around the ball. In terms of the other names Mel you threw out at the start that I wanted to do quickly talk on, I think Dizzy Darcy is a real target because her upcoming matchups are good in that three out of her next four matchups, players uh, defenders have scored above their average against those sides last season. And importantly, there's no Kalinda Howarth anymore mm. out with an ACL. Now, Daisy Darcy has been someone that has always been like, a, oh, she looks good, but she just needs a bit more. 
well, this is more. And she looked good even when the ball wasn't spending that much time down back. For the Suns against West Coast, I think she is a definite target. If you're looking to try and find a way to make some cash down from Carney, for example, and you want to take it on a player who you know has the role and know has that 70 capacity, I think Darcy's a good choice. And I'm super happy with this one because this is one of my only good specky picks of the year. Mm-hmm. So very happy to hear um, Daisy Darcy's name thrown out there. Gab Pound, you mentioned, Mel, first week back. I think it's not a bad idea to jump on her now. Does play West Coast this week, which could be anything, could be it, could be a nothing, could be everything. Um, uh, we've talked a bit about Hannah Priest in the past. I'm a big fan of her midfield role. I think she's a good chance to push over that 60 average for the rest of the year. Top five, I'm not necessarily sold on yet, but I still think that she's probably around about right where her average is at the moment. I think she's just below 70 or around 70, so... Not a bad option to look at. I'd probably still pick Darcy instead. Um, and Ange Stanitz, the last one. Good role at the moment. Looks really good on that half-forward line. I think that she is definitely a chance to be in the top five just on the back of her start, if nothing else. Um, hmm. But yeah, her role looks really good. Yeah, I agree. To the midfield. Yeah, I was going to say, are we happy to move on to the midfield? To the midfield. Get Bowers onto the rucks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even going to really talk about the rocks because I mean a lot of people have the rookies and I think that's good enough for now we're not going to talk about the rocks onto the forwards so <laughs> <laughs> okay okay maybe um, we should talk about the midfield for at least very five very quick on the midfielders because we've, we've talked a bit about them a lot Garner already. yes Bowers yes Marinoff the only reason you would trade her out is if you're going to Bowers if you're not going Agreed. to Bowers do not trade her out Riddell I put that in the same bucket. She's a little bit cheaper, but not that much cheaper. Only trade her out if you're going to Bowers. And if you don't have her, I reckon she's a very good one to get. She's a little bit more expensive than the two Collingwood midfielders who started on a much lower base. But if you can afford her, I reckon maybe get her over uh, Benici or Davey. Benici or Davey are still a little bit underpriced. They're probably going to end up at least one of them in the top five. This is probably one of your last weeks to be jumping on them because I've had some really uh, monumental price rises there. Um, Miller, <laughs> I think we've spoken a little bit about Miller, but I would not consider Miller in the top yeah, five not top anymore. Five. I think there are two big names missing from this, and that's Robottom and Presparkus. I did skip over that, yes. Robottom is very exciting to see her have a absolutely huge season. Like I think, I think Robottom is... Top five. Yeah. Which is exciting. Like, you love to see that. I would say that my top five at the moment go... And the other name we've not mentioned at all is Hatchard. So I think my top five at the moment is Bowers, Marinoff, Garner, Robottom, Georgie Presparkus, mm-hmm. Riddell. This is a big top five. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, you can't do top. Then it kind of like there's like a blanket from yeah. basically what we've seen from like row bottom I, on. I, and I think that's the thing. The top four I think are pretty obvious. The ones you mentioned and top five is one of these options. So keep keep listing them off, Liam. So like I think it's uh, Riddell, Hatchard is in there. I think Davy is a chance in there. I think Maddie Presparkus is a chance in there. I think. Um, Swanson is also capable of doing it when she's not being tagged and West Coast can touch the football Always like they did against Fremantle. 
sure there are other names that I'm forgetting. I think that it's just going to be a question of timing mm. when it comes to trading these people in. I think that you could even make the case that someone like a Brit Benici could get up there. They've got a beautiful matchup this week. Um, it's the... Oh, hang on. Who are they playing again? It's not Sydney. Gold, um, Gold Coast. Gold Coast, yeah. They've got Gold Coast this week. No one is going to run with Brit Benici. I can guarantee Lucy Single is going to go to Bree Davey. And I don't know if that'll impact Davey too much, but I think that, yeah, there's just this blanket you could throw over about five mm. through 11 or 12, and it's just going to come down to cash in hand and upcoming runs. Beautiful. In in terms of like who I would target if you're going to get rid, if you can't go to Bowers, but you know that you need to upgrade to another Primo mid, I would say that if you can, if you haven't got Davy or Benici yet, they've got a good upcoming run. Ash Riddell is a big concern, as is Jazz Garner, because they've got Geelong this week, who on this year's data is are okay, but then they've got Brisbane next week, and Brisbane absolutely throttled all point scoring in both games that they've played in. So that's a real concern. And then I think that Robottom is still a definite target. Because she has shown the ability to... She plays a game that I think is, to some degree, tag-proof. Mm. In the same way that the way that Garner plays, once she figures out what running running patterns are going to try, is tag-proof. Like, we saw that with Hannah Priest trying to run with Roll and having zero impact on her scoring. I think that's a good, pretty good, pretty good summary, actually. Yep. So, then, looking over to the forwards... I reckon the the top five that we've got here are pretty much unchanged. Unlike the midfielders where there's been a bit of shaky uppy. Top four is definitely pretty set. Yeah, so we, we definitely put Hoare, Gardner, Morrison and Malloy in our top four from before. Um, And I'd argue that they're... Uh, sorry, top five. And I'd argue that they're still in there. The yep. one that's really fallen out here is Paxman. That's a little bit disappointing. And another one that we've seen that's not been scoring as well as we were hoping would be Ella Roberts which I'd argue is limited by the fact that it's West Coast and not yeah. necessarily by the fact that it's Ella Roberts because yeah. I think she's still doing a very good job herself. I, I just want to say I, I do think Roberts and also Dana Hooker, both of them mm. scored 57 and 60 this week. Basically, that's the only caveat with those two. If they if the, if West Coast are in the game, those two will score well. If they're yeah. getting pummeled, which is always a chance, they won't. <laughs> I thought you were going to say is always. Which just is always. Leave it there. Um, <laughs> It always chance, and that's basically going to be the frustration with players with a player like Alan Roberts. We know how good she is, but if West Coast just can't get the ball, there's very little that she can do to boost that scoring because she she obviously can tackle, but she's not a big tackle type player. I guess that's the biggest frustration for me with Roberts and Hooker because I was choosing between those two this week. I went the slightly cheaper one in Hooker, and they basically scored the same for the same reason. So I would actually argue though that. Ella Roberts is a more interest, a far more interesting prospect because Absolutely. she can be thrown Absolutely. in, thrown in a lot more places. And I think that the big issue that West Coast had is that their disposal coming out of D fifty was horrific. You, could, you could probably just to say their to... disposal in general, to be honest. Yeah, but there were there were about four or five times where Ella Roberts was available to take a mark, and they just could not hit her, or it drifted, and then it's a drop mark, and then it's no points. That's a free kick given away. They threw her in Ella Roberts in the midfield in CBAs, but then managed to bump up her scoring in the fourth quarter by throwing her in as mm, a halfback. Yeah, behind the ball. And so I think that 
Dana Hooker is, yeah, it's fine, but I think you can find a bunch of wingers as forwards. So Sophie Conway scored well. We know that Ola O'Dwyer can do the same thing. She scored an 89 on the weekend. I don't think there's much difference between those kind of players. They have the capacity to be on a wing, maybe score a little bit. I think Ella Roberts is a a true game-changing talent the West Coast will look to put where the ball is going to be because they know she's that good. I I completely agree with you. And the reason I did go for Hooker was for money reasons, because she was cheaper. So I, I, I don't in any way disagree that Ella Roberts is the better option in this regard. But I think the we've talked about a bit with West Coast, you basically have to put a little asterisk next to them because sometimes they just won't get the ball, which makes that fifth forward mm. spot nice and open. Yeah. So I'm going to throw some... There are some names here that I think have the capacity to take a spot in the top five. Uh, for the role that they have. So in terms of uh, their price, I would say that Megan Kaufman mm. playing at Fremantle, again, Fremantle have just shown they really just want to tackle mm. everything. Uh, and she has had now, I think, a 70 and an 85. So a player that you could more than, you would be more than welcome in, in saying, trying to trade out for a, a Karen Paxman, I think, I'm pretty sure as well, Fremantle have a good upcoming run. Hawthorne. Yeah, you're playing Hawthorne next week, so that's not a bad option. I think as well, uh, Lucy Single and Nicola Barr have both have very good roles. Now, Lucy Single has very high CBAs. I had said a couple of times last week that I wanted to see one more week to see whether or not those CBAs would stick when she wasn't being given a tagging role, essentially. She was the highest CBA getter for the Suns on the weekend, so I think that that's an a definite spot that you can go if you're looking to downgrade from a Karen Paxman or if you wanted to downgrade from an Aaron Phillips. But that brings me on to my next one, which is Aaron Phillips. I think the big thing here is she held her market share in the toughest matchup of the year for midfielders and she kept her CBAs. Now, the flag here is Maria Maloney is coming back, but I also know that the biggest problem last year wasn't how many midfielders Port Adelaide have, it's how many forwards do they have. So I still think that Aaron Phillips will get around the ground. And there are also, I would say, maybe 10 lost points on the weekend for times Aaron Phillips would have otherwise taken a mark, but then had a free kick given against her. So that's a minus two. There was maybe three or four of those. And then some tackles that I thought were definitely there. So I wouldn't be too concerned with trading around. I think that's another top five shout. And then the final one is Nicola Barr that I haven't really mentioned that much and didn't mention her last week, which was an error because I think that she has an excellent role. Will, you have been suckered in by her before. She's a former pick one in the inaugural draft. She's an incredibly classy user of the football and Gold Coast, sorry, not Gold Coast, Greater Western Sydney are looking to try and find their best ball users and their best makeup. And all we've seen in the past two weeks is Nicola Barr is being moved far closer to the ball than she has in the previous seasons where she's been a forward and really struggled to get decent fantasy scores. Now, I wouldn't be too put off by the fact that there's only a 78 on the weekend when you consider how much they were absolutely annihilated. I think Nicola Barr is a great shout. Also, only a 78. Only a 78, but Mm. I I would say that the, the mark of maybe 83, 84 for top five forwards is probably what we're targeting. Will looks hmm. very happy. Nicola Barr. Nicola Barr. You took the game last week. Nicola <laughs> Barr. So Liam's absolutely right. Nicola Barr is a player that I've watched with fascination throughout the history of the AFLW. Inaugural pick one 
super talented, excellent ball user for so much of GWS's life as a AFLW football club. They have blatantly refused to use her around the ball. She briefly got a nice roll up halfback last year, so I picked her up. Mm. And then they put her on half forward, and I went and watched her play against who would eventually become the Premiers in Melbourne, where very similar to this game that we saw on the weekend, the ball was entirely in Melbourne's forward half. And I was sitting there going, Nicola Barr's just standing there on her 50, just watching the ball up the other end. She's enjoying the show. Why? Because she should be up the other end, at least getting the ball out. And Ah! Like, I'm so glad that this is actually happening that Nikki Nikki Barr has actually become a fantasy relevant option because she's such a good player, a player that I absolutely love watching. I'm not going to do it simply because if I do it, I'm sorry, everyone, it would mean that that role would end Yeah. <laughs> because that's just how it works. But hopefully you can all enjoy it because it, it, it's fantastic to watch. She's a, she's a fantastic player. And I think Alice, Elise Parker moving into that forward line has also given her a bit more of a, a reign to go in that midfield. So, yeah, she's finally got a role that's actually putting her into fantasy relevance, which is fantastic. Nice. So why don't we do a quick whip around of what our current trade plans are? No, hang on, hang on. Before we do, can I want Will's opinion oh, no. on Sarah Rowe. Sarah Rowe has the whitest teeth in the AFLW. And yes, that's good. That's very important. And she has a good role. She has a good role, um, simply speaking. She's playing on the wing. They are getting it out to her using her run. One thing we have seen in the past, Sarah Rowe had a season, previous season best average of around about 60, where she had an average of 60 because she would score an 80 one week and then she would score a 30 or a 40 the next week and would basically yo-yo up and down. It's two weeks and so far she's been consistently scoring well. I'd like to think it will continue, but I can't say for sure. But I think it's a good alternate option um, because so far it's looking really good and they are using her out wide. I love that you've just been able to quote all of those historic stats without any prep, just off the top of your head, which I thoroughly appreciate. Oh, he has, he has looked at them before. He's looked at them before, Mel. He's, this is this is not something he has to prep for. He knows all the common They're players. just in your head and I appreciate yep. that. That's what I'm saying. It's a- awesome. Absolutely. It's, Sarah Rose is also a player that, that I've um, in the past looked at as a, as a player going, she does this, she'll be great. And then she didn't do that, but now she is. But now she so, is, and she looked really good on the weekend. Yeah, okay, so we've spoken a lot about the, the players to target across all of the lines, and based on who we currently have, what are we thinking for trades this week? I might as well start, because I've Go got on, mine Mel. in front of me. I already put through some trades earlier today, and I'm now maybe changing my mind, but I've essentially got Sheeran out, which I'm comfortable with. Um, Dizzy Darcy in, which I really like. Then I've got, I'm going to finally, well, not finally, we're going into round three, but I'm going to start making the most out of some of my rookies that have made some money. And I'm thinking capitalizing on Flo Davies' cash gen, trading out for a 300 grand priced ruck from Richmond, Hetherington, who has actually scored about like 27 or so in last week, but has made no money somehow. So um, feels okay to me. Richmond or, oh, Richmond or Fremantle? My other, my other team. Fremantle. <laughs> don't know how I got that wrong. Um, and then it's the midfielders I'm not sure about. The downgrade on the ruck cash gen is all for midfield upgrades. I like Batesy's role against Frio and her tackling, but 
if I want to upgrade someone, it either has to be Riddell or Batesy. So I'm tossing up whether I do like a Riddell to Bowers and actually slash some other areas or what I've currently set with is Batesy to Davey. What are you guys going to do? Liam, yours are probably more important than mine because mine are going to be ridiculous. So <laughs> Don't discount yourself. That's that's unfair to yourself. You make you have some worldies in there. Sometimes. Yeah, but I've got a, my, my hit rate's not great. I'll be honest. My my good ones are very good. I'll say that. But I've had to prepare two sets of trades because my big conundrum this week is not. It's not even a conundrum. It's just a is Annalise Lister going? Yeah, she's going to be listed because if she <laughs> yes, or will she be delisted Whoa. from my team? Ooh. Love it. That's that. That's the highlight of the year, right there. I'm just going to throw that out there. What the fact that Annalise Lister didn't play? No, no, yet, the fact right. that we can sure. use delister as a pun. Yes, it, that, so that, that is a good point. So, if she plays against Richmond, I reckon she tags Monconti. Yep. It's great. I Means she'll be around the ball a lot. She had 11 tackles in round one, scored mm. a 50 odd, and even then had a couple of free kicks against that were pretty soft that easily could have been a 70. So that's why I brought her in. I think if she plays, she stays in my side. I think it's still I still stand behind the pick to make the cash to get. Davy last week. If she doesn't play, I don't know if I want to keep her because a calf strain can continue. Mm. So I would be going Annalise Lister out to Gold Coast defender Mira Gervin, mm. who I have na- put on my watch list after we saw Kalinda mm. Howarth go out. She's a rookie draftee, um, but has is mature aged. I think in them, I think she's in her mid twenties, running halfback. I think she looked good past the eye test against West Coast. And if I was going to have to bring on a rookie-ish price player on field, she's only low 400. So that's a player that I would bring in. I've got some other uh, rookie finagling as well. I'm pretty sure it's Fleur Davies out to Matilda Dyke, Ruck from Essendon. And then it's Emma Swanson up to Bowers. Uh, And then if we do see that Annalise Lister is playing, I am considering trading out Georgia Nanscorn for... Alana G potentially, because I think G Nans has a really tough matchup this week and could see some really tough scoring, but still targeting bringing in Bowers. I currently have a, a potential worldy trade going for you, Liam, um, which involves getting some money to hopefully get up to Bowers next week, which was uh, Swanson to Jamie Lambert. But I, I think it's a lot going to depend on who gets named as... Um, rookies this week because i would much prefer to do rookie trades to make some money so hopefully some decent rookie options can present to me so i can actually get the money with swanson up rather than down mm. will choppy lambert why because i love a specky pick you should you should know the answer to that liam and you've got nothing to lose uh well he still has several further so ranks to go to down um <laughs> I, I was obviously at the Jamie Lambert game. It's not a full-time midfield role. Definitely some spending some time forward. I think... I don't, I don't know if you've got the stats up in front of you. If you could just go away and tell me how many free kicks four she had on the weekend, and then we can maybe reevaluate her score in light of that. I'm assuming it's a lot. Because I don't have it. Well, you'll have to find out. I don't have it ahead of Seven. Oh. Seven free kicks four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, that's outrageous, and we don't want to start on a Sir Kildurant. But yeah, that, that that was 
that was probably my mistake for bringing up a St. Kilda player. Mm, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. This was basically just playing around before we got to record this episode. It was something that I looked at and went, mm, not sure about that one. Um, so, as I said, I think for me it's going to come down to hopefully a debutante gets named this week so I can get maximum money from a, a downgrade to hopefully get Swanson up. Yeah. That's that's what my ideal thing is. This was more just playing around because I don't have that option just yet. I've been thinking that as well, and this is the first week where I'm really like, I hope there's a debutante because I want a downgrade. Like, actually, Hetherington for a downgrade ruck option I think is a very good call. She was taking... I think she took five or so of the hitouts off Mimstrom at the Frio game, um, and she's literally rookie price because she's three hundred grand. But I would love a couple of uh, debutantes on the defenders or forward line. That would be really nice because that means I could get like an Ella heads down. Neve McLaughlin actually had a very good game, and she even got a a vote at uh, for um, what's that called? Coaches, Coaches votes. votes. Yeah, now's the time that it would be good to get some some rookies so that we can do some downgrades. But we're not going to know that till Thursday. For the record, with my current lot of trades that I, I am looking at, the the highest uh, highest price player I can afford is the row bottom. So I can go up to a row bottom or a Riddell. Is it Bowers? Oof. Not yet, and that's and that's where I'm I'm waiting to see what I can do. Row bottom and Riddell both great options though. Both not Bowers, options. I know, but oof. both great options. But as I said, I'm waiting to see if I've got some better downgrade options because. Uh, the downgrade that I'm currently doing isn't ideal. But we'll see. We'll see. So, Liam, do you want to do a quick captain's corner? I I will fully admit I have not done my research for captain's corner this week. I also would love to actually come to people with some captaincy stats. Now, shout out to a user on Twitter who pointed me to bitinnat.netlify, which is a website which has in it the top... Um, captain's picks for the top 100 500 whatever and so plan of attack is you'll either hear from me doing a little recording or you will see a whole bunch of it in my captain's call article which uh, i uploaded last week to dt talk and you'll get my thoughts on on captain's choices this week i would just like to say though that from the captains last week i had garner noffy i had kiara bowers inside my top three so that's a 137, a 125, and a 155. So I'm I mean, relatively happy with how that went. You'd be crazy not to put those in your captain's goal, right? I guarantee you when the stats come out, so many more people captain Georgie Prasparkas than Oh, absolutely. Would, After that 147, lots of people would have done that. Awesome. Okay, so we can – you'll share around the link on Twitter for that later? Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter and Insta as FreeKickWPod. Liam, where can they find you for that captain's call? You can find me on Twitter at LiamAFLWFantasy. I am Twitter and Insta as HiMelD and Will. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at WillH underscore VI. Don't forget you can also find Mel on the ABC apparently. (laughs) Yes, you can. And please... Please, I want to see as many people tagging Mel in their chicken-related questions, specifically some like if they're related to like illness Getting the or ready for something really technical. I want technical chicken questions to Mel on Twitter this week. For our keenest, keenest listeners, you can also tag me in any eagle-related questions for the segment that follows me on the ABC. <laughs> I'm in between the bird chat. Bird chat. We've got flag <laughs> chat and now bird chat. I'm pretty, pretty keen with that. Oh. 
all the niche topics. Very fitting. Okay, well, good chat, and we'll chat to you all later. Around Beautiful. Good three. luck, everyone. See you later. Bye. See ya.